This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. I'm Sierra Doctor with a look at markets. As expected, USDA lowered yields in its crop production report on Friday at 11. Corn yields are expected to average 175.1 bushels per acre, down nearly 2.5 bushels over the July report. The soybean yield is forecast at 50.9 bushels per acre, down just over a bushel from the last report. Corn production is projected to total 15.1 billion bushels. Soybeans are at 4.2 billion, and both numbers are within trade expectations. In the tri-state region, the weather has impacted crop projections. USDA expects Minnesota corn yields of 183 bushels per acre, down from 195 bushel average last year. In North Dakota, corn is forecast at 130 bushels per acre, down just one bushel from a year ago. South Dakota corn yields were put at 145 bushels per acre, 13 bushels better than last year. For soybeans, Minnesota is projected to have a 49 bushel average. That's down one bushel from a year ago. North Dakota soybeans are estimated to be at 33 bushels per acre, two bushels below last year. A 42 bushel average is expected in South Dakota, four bushels lower than 2022. Spring wheat production was forecast at 450 million bushels, that's down 6% from the previous report, but is above the average trade guess. Surprisingly, Minneapolis futures immediately turned higher and there was some bull spreading within the wheat markets. Paradigm Futures market analyst, Ken Beadle. I know that one of the concerns that we continue to have is whether or not at this late date, whether or not um, you know we really can can save this crop much more. And, and I think there's an awful lot of concern, too, about the, the southern Canadian prairies and the amount of uh, drought that they've had and the conditions that their crop is in here as of late. Um, we might actually get more interesting data uh, another month or two down the road when it comes to spring wheat, both here in the U.S. and then uh, up in Canada. USDA is forecasting Minnesota spring wheat yields at 50 bushels per acre, down 4 bushels from the July report. The average North Dakota yield is 45 bushels per acre, down 2 bushels from the last report. A 30 bushel per acre statewide average spring wheat yield is projected for South Dakota. That's down 4 bushels from July. And the crop report is based on satellite imagery and farmer surveys. NAU country market analyst Rick Morrison is now looking forward to seeing the results of crop tours, including the pro-farmer crop tour. I think so, yeah. I think we'll be watching their numbers pretty close to see if they are somewhere in line with USDA. I know there's still some skeptics that think that that USDA may be a little high. Uh, There's still a lot of people that are pointing at the uh, crop ratings that we get every week and saying, well, the yield numbers don't match the ratings. But, you know, I think everybody has to remember that those ratings are subjective. And, you know, those are people looking out their back window at conditions and, and kicking the dirt. And, and uh, I think USDA tries to do a, a good job of actually looking at real population counts and things like that in their numbers. And grass cattle are starting to trickle into sale barns. Hub City Livestock auction owner Steve Helwig says if it wasn't for last week's rain, there would be a lot more cattle moving. Yeah, we're just starting to get into them. We had uh, our sales on Wednesdays here, and uh, this week we probably had a couple hundred of them off grass. Uh, we were just on the verge of moving quite a few off the grass, but then, of course, we got all this rain here last weekend, thank goodness. And uh, But we're still, every week now, the market is good enough. We're getting people that are... Even though they've got the grass, we're going to start moving them uh, next week on Wednesday. We'll have six to seven hundred, eight hundred of them off the grass, and every week uh, 
will probably just be like that until we get to September, and then they'll really open the floodgates. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. A look at news this week in agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Senate Agriculture Committee Ranking Member John Bozeman was traveling across the country this week for Farm Bill roundtables and listening sessions, including one in Fargo. Bozeman says components of the Farm Bill, like ARC and PLC programs, are out of date in reference pricing. We've got to make sure that our risk management tools are in place. A lot of this data goes back, goes back to the 2018 Farm Bill, which was based on 2012 data. So we're talking about data that's over 10 years old, and I would argue that the world is very different than it was a year and a half and two years ago because of the supply chain crisis, inflation, all that we've experienced, which we're not going to deflate. That is, that's the new normal. So we've got to get the farm programs up to that. The Biden administration has announced a national monument designation for over a million acres of land in Arizona. Biden used the Antiquities Act to make this designation. The National Cattlemen's Beef Association is opposed to this action, calling it a presidential land grab. In a statement, NCBA said these designations hurt rural communities that rely on federal lands, including ranchers who depend on public land for grazing. Politico is reporting House Agriculture Committee Chair Glenn G.T. Thompson and farm state lawmakers are reaching out to the Freedom Caucus to avoid a fight over the farm bill. Conservative members are proposing cuts to food stamps and work requirements to qualify for SNAP benefits. In an interview with the Red River Farm Network, Thompson said he is committed to getting the farm bill through the committee on time. House Agriculture Committee Ranking Member David Scott and the Democratic members of the committee have signed off on a letter to Speaker Kevin McCarthy. The letter said House Democrats are united against attacks on SNAP and the rest of the nutrition title of the Farm Bill. About 60 percent of soybean exports rely on the Mississippi River. Soy Transportation Coalition Executive Director Mike Steenhook says river levels are starting to impact shipping once again this summer. Unfortunately, we witnessed last year, you know, historically low water levels on the, on the river due to the scarcity of precipitation, and that had a, a significant impact on the ability to transport crops via barge uh, down the river to our, with our number one export region, which is the lower Mississippi River near New Orleans. Unfortunately, we're seeing a sequel uh, to that this year. Uh, we've had, you know, persistent lack of rainfall, um, that has obviously is impeding the ability to grow the crop, but it's also impeding the ability to transport that crop. This issue pops up just ahead of a key export period. But we're still very you know, comparable to where we were last year. In some areas, we're actually lower than we were last year. In some areas, we're slightly higher, but we're very comparable, which is not not optimistic when it comes to, you know, when we're on the eve of our key export uh window, which is that September to February period where so much of our exports depart from this country, we need to have our supply chain operating at full throttle. That includes our inland waterway system, the Mississippi River being the most important of which. 
Summit Carbon Solutions has secured 80% of the voluntary easements for its pipeline route in North Dakota. Summit also announced it will resubmit its application to the North Dakota Public Utilities Commission that was earlier denied and will consider rerouting the pipeline to address concerns about its location. Summit Carbon Solutions is partnering with 34 Midwestern ethanol plants for a carbon capture and storage project in North Dakota. This has been a look at news this week in agriculture. I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. A look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. In Minnesota, the entire state is facing dry conditions. That includes extreme drought in portions of central and southeastern Minnesota. The drought monitor says recent rains resulted in improving conditions across parts of the Dakotas. Short-term drought has expanded across northeastern North Dakota, which has remained north of the recent storms. SDSU Extension State Climatologist Laura Edwards says the upcoming weather pattern will lean towards cooler temperatures with random spurts of moisture. For the next couple of weeks, we're looking at temperatures uh, more likely to be below average, uh, which will bring us to basically the last week of August up here in the north central states. I'd be uh, Montana, the Dakotas, and northern Minnesota. Um, at the same time, we see kind of a mixed bag on precipitation with most of the region showing near normal chances of rainfall to maybe slightly wetter, slightly more chances of rainfall in the next one to two weeks. So um, again, cooler and, and maybe edging towards slightly wetter conditions um, for this middle part of August. Edward says this could mean a bit of reprieve from drought-stricken areas. I think it's good news for those crops that are still standing and, and doing well, but I know there are some areas that got hit by drought pretty hard already this season. Um, I know there's some areas in far northeastern South Dakota and some neighboring areas there um, and some other isolated areas in Minnesota and elsewhere that um, really uh, got hit really hard with the heat um, a couple of weeks ago during that pollination season in corn and and drought at that same time that really set back the yields in those regions. In south central North Dakota, Ken Schmidt is looking at a decent crop. The extreme heat in June hurt the early planted spring wheat. The later wheat looks pretty good. Of course, the heat in June drove corn, our corn out here, and, and that's pretty dang good, and so are the sunflowers, and actually so are the beans, because we got some late, we got some, quite a little rain here over the weekend, so we're we're actually setting pretty good now. Harvest is, uh, our, for us, harvest is still, uh, oh, maybe uh, a week, 10 days away. But uh, we're looking at, a, a, I'd say, an average to maybe above average uh, crop. Schmidt received over two inches of rain at his Solon farm. According to Donnie Almers, the Bremen, New Rockford, North Dakota area has been missing the rain. We haven't received any measurable rain since approximately the 20th of June, which was the Wells County Fair time. We got a very nice rain at that time. And since then, we just haven't gotten any. The lighter soils are truly showing that stress now, uh, not only in the soybeans, but also in the corn, if you can get up higher to see that. Most of the wheat has been sprayed and will be harvested soon. Almers says the pinto bean harvest is close. The harvest has started for Shane Isney at Badger, Minnesota. The yields are about as expected. We finished our ryegrass harvest here about a week and a half ago. 
Uh, yields were, you know, less than half of what we expected, and but we knew dry conditions were going to really cut the yield, and and uh, and now we uh, we started on our spring wheat, which is along the same line. Um, started last week on that. Uh, in the same field, the yields are ranging from five, ten bushels up to seventy bushels. So it's uh, we're maybe looking at about a forty bushel average, which uh, is tough to pay the bills with those but we kind of knew going in we just missed uh, just about every rain this spring and summer and and uh, now we're suffering the consequences and that's a look at weather this week in agriculture i'm sierra doctor on the red river farm network